You're listening to WGWG.org, sitting in the podcast studio. I'm Jeff. In the studio with me is Matthew Tesnier, big sports fan, and it is that time each week we uh, sit and talk sports. Um, you know, I'm looking around at the sports world right now. Sure, there's some baseball going on. I think they're getting ready to go to the, what do they call it, the All-Star break? All-Star break. That kind of thing. But, uh, but you know, there's been a lot of movement in the NBA, free agencies, people changing teams. Tell us all about it. Yeah, with everything going on, uh, it is in that midsummer. We're getting ready for the baseball all-star game. We've got Wimbledon tennis going on, golf tournaments, things like that. Um, but this is kind of kind of NBA free agency week, uh, and we could call this our free agency edition because they're <laughs> of the big sports fan because there's plenty to talk about. Yeah, um, the list is incredibly long. Um, probably headlined uh, biggest by what I would say, and and a lot of folks are calling the Kevin Durant sweepstakes. Right. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant, probably the biggest name moving um, so far. He's been with Oklahoma his entire career, am I correct? He technically has. It's because uh, when he was drafted, he was actually drafted by the Seattle Supersonics. Ah. And then the Seattle Supersonics moved the whole team and franchise down to Oklahoma City. So he's been with that one franchise for nine nine seasons, I believe it is. And he's played a good number of those with Russell Westbrook, another big name and, and one of the Maybe five best players. He's often heralded as one of the five best players, both of them, uh, in the league. And so it's kind of a splitting of that that lineup. We knew something would change in Oklahoma City on draft night because uh, the Thunder traded one of their other, probably the third best player, Serge Ibaka, um, a, a really ravenous rebounder, a big man, but he can also shoot from outside, a really good player. They traded him to uh, Orlando. So we knew the Thunder were going to change, but we knew that we would find out just how much they would change when Kevin Durant made his decision. And um, a lot of folks would remember probably even even huge sports fans or casual sports fans back in uh, 2010 when LeBron James literally oh, yeah. had the television yeah, yeah. program, yeah. The Decision, uh, with Jim Gray as his host. There was, there was talk about doing that ahead of time. That was well planned out uh, on ESPN. Kind of a primetime special where he took an hour and, and, and maybe midway through it he announced, I'm going to Miami. Uh, and he famously had, had only let the Cleveland Cavaliers know right before the show went on the air that he was going to be leaving and going to Miami. And so that was – you know, by, by recent standards, the, the big free agent uh, news and, and how it was delivered. Kevin Durant didn't didn't necessarily do his in a primetime TV show, but he did announce it on July 4th. A lot of folks were off. I was certainly paying attention that day because I had been watching when's he going to do it, and then we learned, okay, 24 to 36 hours, we're going to get his decision. Um, then it came down to, okay, we're going to find out sometime Monday. And so Monday afternoon, uh, probably within the hour that it had happened, I, I checked it out. Out and I saw that he was going to the Golden State Warriors, the team that knocked the Thunder out of the playoffs last year, uh, the team that that could have possibly set up as a rivalry here in the next couple of years in the Western Conference with a lot of young stars on those teams. Uh, but he's he's going to Oakland and he's going to be joining Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. They're going to have somewhat of an awesome lineup there. Do you think that's why he went? I mean, there's a lot of money involved, of course, but but you know. He's got a lot of money, so is it about trying to get the championship ring? I think he's chasing rings, yeah. And he's he's uh, he probably could have made a little bit more money in other places because of the stars the Warriors have. Uh, they don't necessarily have the highest paid players in the league. A lot of folks have talked about how Stephen Curry, two-time MVP, but he's not reached that contract uh, renegotiation yet, and he's kind of getting there now. Uh, so he hasn't made the money that some players have made at this point. So they don't have necessarily the mega contracts on their roster 
roster, but they've got enough large contracts that um, Durant probably could have made more money somewhere else. But it is. It's about chasing rings. And there have been former NBA stars coming out and really criticizing Kevin Durant as they did LeBron James about chasing rings by hopping cities yeah. and changing teams and, and not keeping that loyalty. And I always like to see players stay in the same place for their whole career. There's just something nice about that, whether it's a losing team or a, a winning team. I mean, you think about uh, Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, some of those guys who played on the on the Lakers back in the days when the Celtics ruled the league. They lost like eight NBA finals, but they were Lakers, you know? Right. I mean, they were Lakers guys. Jerry West is the logo for the NBA. Um, so, I mean, there's just a, a nice continuity there when somebody stays with the same franchise. Charles Barkley was really uh, the old Suns forward who who played Jordan in the finals one time back in the 90s. was probably his, his uh, most successful year. He was really criticizing Durant, uh, saying, you know, you really are cheapening the process by going to another team and joining a bunch of other players trying to get a ring. You know, the thing that I think of more than criticizing them for it is that these mega teams, like the Warriors seem to have kind of created with their lineup, uh, don't always work out. Um, was just, just thinking the other day about, I believe it was the 04, uh, 03, 04 Los Angeles Lakers. They had Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant. Uh, they signed uh, future Hall of Famers Carl uh, Malone and Gary Payton. And they had all four of those guys, kind of like the Warriors will have kind of a big four, uh, and they were supposed to win the championship. That was how it was heralded before the year. Wow, four future Hall of Famers, how could they not win the championship? And they go through the season. They have their ups and downs. They've got some older players with Malone and Peyton, injury problems. They don't have the regular season that they think that they're going to have and, and dominance and lots of wins, but they get to the playoffs, and then it's like, well, you know what? Everybody's uh, zero and zero. Uh, we're starting even. We can we can win this thing now. We can blow them away. And they they did pretty well through the playoffs, but they got to the finals, and they ran into the Detroit Pistons. And they just didn't have it together like the Pistons did. And so that great lineup didn't win a championship. And you know everybody will measure those Warriors with Kevin Durant, right? And, uh, Stephen Curry and and the other players. They will measure them by winning a championship, kind of like they did this year. Yeah. It's going to be even harder because this is a team coming off winning seventy three games, now chasing a championship with an extra MVP on their roster because Kevin Durant has been an MVP once himself. So it's going to be a lot of pressure on them. Um, and, and it is. It's kind of that first, um, I, I would say, the biggest domino to, to fall and change here during during free agency. And we've seen that in other sports as well where uh, there was a baseball team several years ago. They called it the best team money can buy. And yes. they didn't get the results that they were looking for. Exactly. You can't always buy your championships. The New York Yankees are a great example of that. Uh, and they won. Won uh, three championships back in the late 90s to, to 2000, and um, they did get one more, I think, in 2009. But they've had the highest-paid roster many times in baseball over the last 10, 15, 20 years, and they've not won the championship. And so it's not always about how much yeah. money you spend. It's not always about the names on your roster. Sometimes it's more about how the names on your roster play together play than together, having big individually. Yeah. And it is. I mean, we have to remember it is team. It is a team sport. Basketball, baseball, football—they all are. Um, and so, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the Warriors do. The um, the other possibly, uh, well, there there's so many big stories, but the other possibly biggest name changing changing cities and changing uniforms is Dwayne Wade, LeBron James's teammate from down in Miami. Um, he LeBron kind of went to Miami to join Dwayne Wade, who was already there as kind of a cornerstone piece uh, to try to win championships, and they won two together. Wade won three total in Miami, won one with Shaq in the last decade, uh, just a couple years after he got in the league. But Dwayne Wade is. Um, 
he's been in the league about as long as LeBron has, uh, but up until now has stayed in Miami. He's kind of been the face of Miami professional sports. Um, and he spells his name in a weird way. He spells Dwayne D-W-Y-A-N-E. It's like... Dwayne. It's just nobody nobody ever gets it right for that reason, but uh, he was a household name nonetheless in Miami. But he's going to Chicago, and there was a, a long fallout between how much money the Miami Heat wanted to offer him and how much he wanted. And uh, I think he was upset kind of about uh, not being the highest paid player on the roster uh, in Miami, um, both when Shaq was there, I think, and then you know it came time for him to be the guy. And uh, he had delivered a championship. He'd really, really kind of put the team on his shoulders. And then LeBron James, you know, comes in. And uh, Chris Bosh, the other piece of their big three, comes in and gets more money and then um, threatens to go elsewhere when it's time to sign or if he doesn't get a certain amount. So they give him that. And uh, I, th- I think he had just been frustrated a long time. And, of course, as, as fans, we're sitting here saying, look how much money you get. Um, do you really need – What's the what really for you is the difference between 18 and 20 million? What is really the difference between – 20 and 30 million you I'd know i kind of like to know <laughs> yeah what what is really the difference like what does your budget actually yeah. look like where are your where are your savings how right. do you have your your finances set up because i want to know uh if that makes as big a difference as is maybe 100 versus 200 makes to, to some other right. people um and, and we're talking dollars not thousands even um so, you know, it's something that fans have a hard time wrestling with, imagining, okay, you're you're wanting this much money, and, and why are you not willing to stay? Um, so several other teams offered him more money, and he ended up choosing the Chicago Bulls, Dwayne Wade, which he's from Chicago, so he's going home. I mean, of all places for him to go, it makes a lot of sense. Um, the Bulls now kind of have a, a what I would call a logjam. A lot of guards in their lineup. Their best players are all guards um, and, and – uh, It'll be interesting to see how their roster works out. Um, the other guard that kind of came in this offseason uh, and signed Rajon Rondo, who's been in the league for a while. He was one of the Boston Celtics um, premier players for a while when they won their 8 championship. Um, he said, we've got three alpha dogs on this team now, uh, Jimmy Butler and myself and now Dwayne Wade. But we can play together. So it'll be interesting to see can they play together. When you have somebody who wants to be the main guy, they want to be the number one option, um, is somebody willing to take a back seat? Um, oftentimes you can only have so many scoring options. Only one player can touch the ball at a time. Um so it'll be interesting to see how how they manage that lineup. But that's a, that's another big name, and that's caused a little bit of controversy as well. And it's actually kind of taken over the headlines at least uh, later in the week mm-hmm. from Kevin Durant. And so the right. focus has shifted. And there's always something that's that's changing. Back before Kevin Durant uh, made his announcement, uh, the big news was uh, Mike Conley Jr. Have you ever heard of Mike Conley Jr.? Um, no. <laughs> I think most basketball fans don't know Mike Conley Jr. unless you're really a big basketball fan. Uh, he played his college ball at, at Ohio State uh, and then I think left after his freshman year uh, and went to the NBA. He's been with the Memphis Grizzlies, but the reason why he's been the big story, he got the richest contract in NBA history. The guy averages 13 points and five assists for his career, not anywhere near the league lead uh, on those averages at, at all. And he got the fattest contract in, in NBA history. I think it was $153 million over five years. So, so what's what's behind that? You know, I can't figure Nobody that one knows. out. Honestly, I can't figure that one out. I mean, I've read a few things, but I just I just cannot 
understand uh, the big deal with money uh, in this free agency uh, year and cycle has been that uh, higher revenues and a few other factors for the NBA increased the salary cap. And so the salary cap for teams went up this year. And um, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it went up in a, in a big way. And so we've seen a lot of really lucrative deals for a lot of players, a lot of players who are making a lot of money that you wouldn't necessarily say deserve a lot of money. Um, players that are far down the roster, far down the bench, uh, getting millions of dollars in multi-year deals to sign in different places, either to stay or to go somewhere new. But Mike Conley is a solid player, but to get that kind of contract and to get that kind of money, I haven't been able to figure it out. I mean, there is a lot of money going going out out the window in a lot of different uh, a lot of different cities for a lot of different players, but um, I haven't been able to figure that one out. And and it really just blows my mind how much money he he's going to get. Um, the other thing that's been interesting uh, personally and kind of here in the Charlotte region is uh, Nick Batum. Have you heard of Nick Batum? Um, no, <laughs> all these players, you have, and I could list a whole, a whole long list, but these, these are two that, that, um, have interesting stories attached to them, uh, particularly for our purposes. Um, but Nick Batum, he's going to make $120 million over five years. It is the biggest pro sports contract in Charlotte sports history. I was reading about, wow. um, he's going to make more money than Cam Newton, who is the national football league MVP. And you see him I've heard of. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's, that's the only connection we need there. Heard of, not heard right, of. Yeah. That's a good standard by right. which to measure this. And that's what I've been thinking all week. But it's amazing to me uh, that Cam Newton, uh, in all his in all his glory, you know, love him or hate him, winning the MVP, getting the Panthers to the Super Bowl, um, he's had big success. Uh, he's been successful in, in the years before that too, before this past season. But he's not going to be the highest uh, paid professional sports athlete in the city of Charlotte. Um, and it just just uh, is amazing to me. It's it's highly illustrative of how much money is being spent. Um, this offseason in the NBA, the fact that Nick Batum, the Hornets wanted him. They wanted him bad because he came in last year via trade with the Portland Trailblazers, and he really made other players around him better. And he was given a lot of the credit for the Hornets reaching the playoffs, winning their first three playoff games in a long time, uh, what seemed like forever, but was, I think, in actuality maybe a dozen years or so, um, and and almost getting them to the second round, which the Hornets have never been past the second round. So if they had gotten to the second round, you could arguably have said that they would have had just as good as any season they've ever had. They had close to it anyways, um, but they've lost a couple of free agents here in the, in the offseason. Uh, Al Jefferson, one of my – just favorite players from the way he plays. Kind of got an old school big man's game. Um, he's a big guy. He plays plays down low. He doesn't try to do anything fancy. He just tries to score the basketball. Um, he signed with the Indiana Pacers. Uh, Jeremy Lin, a, a really big fan favorite, signed with the Brooklyn Nets. So they lost a couple of key players in the rotation. Uh, the signings that they've made uh, since then, they signed a big guy named Roy Hibbert. They signed a, a guard named Ramon Sessions. Those two guys – I don't really think are going to uh, fit the bill for replacing the players that have left. I think it's going to be be tough kind of figuring out the lineup for the Hornets this coming year um, just with a couple of changes. But they, they did make uh, very clear that Nick Batum was their big, their big main option. 
Um, and then they'll get a guy back next year, the Hornets, named Michael Kid Gilchrist, who is an incredible defender, a really athletic player that's been injured the last couple of years and they've really missed. So the Hornets will have some pieces, but they've lost some pieces. And, and that's kind of the thing that you look at going into an NBA season. Uh, you kind of look at those uh, in and out, you know, who, who went out the door, who came in the door, and uh, what what did you get better? Did you just kind of maintain the status quo? Did you get worse? And oftentimes that's the case. Um, and you have a lot of question marks. I mean, there are a lot of teams that have um, lost players uh, and then gained someone, and so it just seems like they're going to be kind of even, hitting even. And the Atlanta Hawks are one of those. Um, they lost Al Horford, their big man. He signed with the Boston Celtics. A lot of people thought that signing was going to mean the Celtics were making a big run at Kevin Durant and going to add add both those guys and really get better. Uh, but then the Hawks, and losing Al Horford, they get Dwight Howard, and he's coming home. He's from Atlanta. So a lot of signings of players players going back back home uh, this offseason, which has been interesting. Doesn't always happen. Players like the idea of going home, but again, it's all about the money. How much money uh, are we going to get? Um, particularly, I would say that the the team that has made the biggest strides in, in the uh, uh, free agency period so far has been the New York Knicks, which a lot of people ride the Knicks, you know, back in the 70s, they had some success, uh, and they are in New York. I mean, they are in the biggest market in our country, uh, and they have been bad for a good while now. Um, the, the Hornets and the Knicks have been uh, chasing, uh, they were chasing at one point the longest losing streaks uh, in the playoffs, and so even when they get to the playoffs, they can't get it done. Um, Knicks went to a, a championship series back in the 90s, and, and honestly, in my lifetime, that's the only time I remember them being pretty good, uh, and that was back in the Patrick Ewing days, and, and he's really the only only star, superstar player they've had uh, for a sustained period of time in the last 25 years. But Knicks traded for the Bulls point guard, Derrick Rose, um, and then they signed uh, Joakim Noah, really good big guy. And then they've made a couple of other small small signings. And so I think I think the Knicks have actually improved, improved their roster. And when I, as a Hornets fan myself, look at the Eastern Conference, I look at the Knicks and I say, that's a playoff team. That's a team that's going to move above us next year. And I think they really are going to rise. I think the Warriors are, are, are the, the ultimate question, though. Um, you know, for, for all the changes, all the questions of how, how things will fall next year, do they get better? Or is there a possibility that um, you know the chemistry doesn't work out? And that's always a possibility when you add new faces into a lineup. Do they actually get worse? You know, do they move backwards? That's yeah. a possibility. Yeah. And a lot of people will judge them, even if they won seventy-two games and won fewer games than they won last year, they will say that they got worse. And so there's always that pressure and that criticism coming there. Um, but this is this has been just as exciting as any. Free agency period, I remember. And again, LeBron James was a big one back in 2010. Yeah, yeah. I remember back in the mid-90s when Shaq left Orlando and signed with the Los Angeles Lakers. There was a big recruitment there going on. That was a huge deal because Shaq had gotten to the finals and they had not, not won. And um, you know he wanted more money, and he was upset with some of his teammates. And, and he left and went to L.A. and, of course, won titles. So there have been perhaps bigger names. And then there are the Michael Jordan years. You know, he, he left after winning championships, went to try out baseball, and then went he came back you know and made his comeback so there have been bigger names probably uh, I would argue historically in one offseason but this has been just a, a frenzy of player movement and a lot of money moving uh, so that for that reason I, th- I think it's been just as exciting as any free agency period we've ever had well there you go the big sports fan talking all about the NBA free agency moves that are taking place uh, what's the time frame on this when does uh, when does it all 
when is the door shut? When is it over? Well, you know, we'll continue to see um, roster moves all the way up into October. Okay. Uh, typically, um, the preseason is played in October in the NBA. You know, they'll have a slate of, I don't know, somewhere 10, 12 games, uh, something like that. And then uh, the regular season will start sometime around Halloween. Um, it has been trending earlier, uh, and the season's been stretching out a little bit longer, it seems like, especially when you include the playoffs. But we'll see moves all the way up until until then in October. And then, of course, you know, we'll see in-season moves. And so there's constantly player movement but for the off season yeah really really now through october and uh, summer leagues are going on right now and that's where you don't have any of the stars playing in summer leagues that's guys trying to get into the league and, and crack their way into a roster um you know a lot of draft picks play uh, a lot of undrafted guys play guys who have been in the league for a while and maybe not stuck with the team it's a ch- chance for them to show their skills and and NBA executive somewhere and 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 get noticed and get on a roster. So we'll see some movement there. I mean, there'll there'll be a couple of players that we'll learn about who will be uh, kind of interesting to, to to find out about and that we've never heard of. But um, you know, that's kind of kind of we probably at this point the um, the biggest shouldn't see any more big surge. Names, I would be surprised if we see other big names. Could always happen, but I think we've we've kind of passed the main the main storm of free agency, and and now things will settle down just a little bit more. It was, I believe, Thursday though. A lot of these deals were announced kind of in reports before they could actually be signed. There's a certain date when contracts can actually start being signed. And so sometimes there's a chance that, you know, some of these deals that have been reported, something might fall through. Sometimes when trades happen and and, um, signings happen – Players still have to go through physicals, like when they're changing hands, just to make sure you're not kind of getting damaged goods. Um, and we'll see somebody fail a physical, or we'll see somebody uh, have some kind of kind of issue, or, or you know, talks will break down again, and, and somebody will say, you know, well, this guy got this much. I want, you know, what about me? Can I get a couple more million on that contract? So things can always change, but I think we've probably passed the biggest surge. Okay, Matthew Tessner, the big sports fan. If you've got questions or comments for him, just uh, reach us here at the station. We'll pass them along. That's info. I-N-F-O at WGWG.org.